Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Two Guys Sitting in a Closet. I'm here with my dazzling co-host, Maximilian Ives. Dazzle! And like the name of the podcast... We are two guys sitting in a closet, and we're doing whatever we want. The only thing... Hey, um, I don't mean to cut you off, but oh, you, yeah, should, no, it's okay. you should probably introduce yourself as well. <laughs> they know who I am. My name is Tyler. <laughs> I sit in the closet with Maximilian, and here today we are going to bring you a wonderful podcast. I mean, no promises on that, but... We're going to try our best, and it's going to be wonderful. Again, no promises. I mean, it started off with me not knowing how to make a dazzle sound and going... Anyway, (laughs) getting into the format of the podcast, every week we end the podcast with giving each other recommendations. So in the beginning of each podcast, we go through those recommendations. Then in the middle of the podcast, we have our core topic, which changes week to week based on whatever we want. Then we'll end the podcast in usual fashion by giving each other recommendations again. Max, are you ready? You, you had me write something spooky. So I ended up writing just a very short couple paragraph spooky little scene. Actually, you know what we should do? Can you turn that light off in front of you? Yeah. Are you ready for some spooky, spooky spooks? Yep. On a lonely hill, in a lonely town, sat a lonely house. Termites ate the dilapidated wood of the house like maggots to a corpse. The decapitated roof hung to the neck of the house by a splinter. Rain droplets ran scarlet over rusted red storm shutters. Inside, the walls ached and crumbled. Covered by yellow, flaky wallpaper, stretched like decaying, flayed skin. Against the wall, the nose of a woman was pressed, scrunched, broken. A long, dry, bony finger scraped her spinal cord, sliding slowly down the bleeding flesh of her back from neck to waist. She felt its owner's damp, green breath, a heavy breeze chilling the tiny hairs on the back of her neck. Trying to lurch away, as if she could get inside of the wall, she was held in place by a stunningly fast, claw-like hand springing around the soft skin of her throat. For the first time, she caught a glimpse of this man, this creature, just this hand, but more than enough to bring the bile of her stomach to her teeth. Unnaturally long fingers, asping tree branches on the boundary of his palm. Unnaturally pale, translucent skin, whiter than the bones it filled inside. The unnatural hand let only a trickle of air in and out of her quivering windpipe. Please, she whispered. The only response was for moist lips to press against her ear, a sharp tooth running over the cartilage. The hand squeezed tighter, the air completely restricted from her lungs. Just as her vision grew blurry, the hand left her throat and was replaced by fangs. So it was a vampire the whole time. That was good. I was actually thinking vampire um, towards the end with the white skin, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I I really liked the house description, though. I, 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 I saw it. Like, I was there. Here's, I, I enjoy that. Here's the thing. I didn't know it was a vampire either while writing it. I was just writing something spooky, and I was like, hmm, yeah, this is a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just, like, go with something classic. The thing, I'm I'm not a horror writer, so the thing I noticed while writing it is um, horror and erotic fiction, (laughs) to me, seem in very similar veins, because I don't know if I'm doing it right, but to make it kind of that spooky scary, I wanted to give these, like, really detailed descriptions of like very intimate things, which you would kind of do in erotic fiction as well, like the soft skin. But I was using that kind of the the more intimate details like that to juxtapose 
with like the horrific elements. If that makes sense, that was no, kind of my I, idea. No, I totally, I totally agree with that because I think that there's two, there's two kinds of story. There's like a story that your brain's thinking like, okay, like this person's this person, all this is going on. Like there's stories like Avatar, but then there's stories that like you're not necessarily thinking, you're just feeling. And I, you did a good job of feeling in that story. I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you just told me to just like generally something spooky. So I was like, why don't know if I can craft the whole story and I don't know if I want to sit here and tell something that long. Yeah. Just like this scene where you can... Exactly. Where it's starting in the middle of the action and you're like, how did everything get here, whatever, just like this small scene. I actually added the, the description of the house after because I just started like getting flashed in my mind, like, describe a house like it's a dead body. That will be so spooky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's 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 a more it's more emotional the feeling like fear is what you're going for. And I, I like how you use the descriptors to stoke that. It was more, I, I guess I was going for more like kind of dread and unease. You know? I, I was like, I was, I couldn't see you cause we turned off the light. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when you were describing the house, I definitely had an uncomfortable feeling like it's a place that you never would ever want to be. You know? I mean, if I had to get rid of everything except for one line, my favorite sentence, and I know that I'm just like tooting my own horn, but <laughs> whatever, <laughs> I could do that. Um, inside, the walls ached and crumbled, covered by yellow flaky wallpaper stretched like decaying flayed skin. That's That made me uncomfortable writing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, yeah, I might throw on some little, a little bit of music on top, but. Uh, Makes was- sense. That was it. I'm glad that you at least said that you liked it. <laughs> I did. I, I, I'm not a big, like, I haven't read a lot of scary stories, but I, I, I liked that scene. It was, uh, it was definitely scary. Well, the goal was spooky, so I guess I fucked up. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's close, though. You're not totally off. <laughs> well, I recommend it for you to read the avatar comic the promise right yep and you read the first chapter yep chapter one it was good um that's it we did it that's we talked about the recommendation that it was is good. true no, i was kidding go on it, it was good so so max's recommendation was to read that chapter and i really enjoyed it and ultimately decided that i should read the rest of the comic awesome um, so spoilers yeah. Definitely for spoilers. The the Avatar comics. <laughs> yeah, we didn't Sto- feel the need to chapter one. <laughs> we didn't feel the need to spoil. Say spoilers for the show Avatar because if you haven't seen it by now, I mean, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, but the the comics, I know they're more niche. So spoilers for chapter one, The Promise. Can you recap? Because it's been a little while since I read it too, so I don't know. I know what happened, but I don't know what happened specifically in that chapter. It was interesting. I I thought it was a great way to start. There, there's two main things in the first episode that sort of set up the entire plot for the whole story and the first one is that ang and the earth king and zuko as leaders of their respective nations agreed to um have the fire nation colonies removed from the earth kingdom um and have the fire nation essentially give back that territory um, so that's the first big thing that sort of sets up the arc of this comic, or I think is going to set up the arc of this comic. I've only read the first chapter. And then the second big thing is that um, in a moment of mental clarity, Zuko looks at Aang and makes him promise him to strike him down if he, the power ever goes to his head or he's ever becoming like his father, which is Fire Lord Ozai. Those are the two uh, main things that happen. And then sort of like this point of contention that arises out of this is that um, the war had been going on for 100 years. So at this point, um, even though to a large degree, the Earth Kingdom citizens are second class citizens, they have uh, integrated and have had families live there for generations, some of which are Earth and Fire Nation families um, that live together and feel like that's their home. That's sort of the problem with trying to move them out. 
and Zuko essentially goes back on the promise uh, on the deal and um, defends the Fire Nation's right to still live there. And um, this causes obviously a great deal of conflict. It sends Zuko on this arc that I think is not going to go well because the very last page of the first chapter is him in the prison with his father asking for advice from him. So I I think he's not going down the right place. If you were in that situation, which which character would you be in that situation, do you think? Like, as far as sides go. Like, who do I think is right? Well, who do you think you would... Like, would you be the Aang in this situation? Would you be the Earth King? Would you be Zuko? Would you be part of the restoration movement that's coming in? Here's the thing. Zuko is right to empathize with people, but Zuko is wrong in the places that he's going for advice. Basically, I just think that Zuko is mishandling himself and who he's surrounding himself with i don't think that necessarily his goal of not separating earth and fire people i don't necessarily think that that's bad but i don't think that he is mentally fit to be the fire lord i think that he has a lot of problems that are going on in his mind and I think it makes him a little bit too unstable to be one of the world leaders. Yeah, I mean it's kind of almost like if the United States were to give back the Louisiana territory from Louisiana purchase to the French right now. I know they didn't get it in a war but like or maybe some uh, like Texas California parts back to Mexico. It's like hey we, we colonized this place but you know what it's yours and like all the people there are like well, it's kind of we've kind of been doing this for a while. It's similar in a way where you can't just like give it back and everything's okay. Yeah, I think the thing about it is that uh, okay, what I would say is that I think the territory, like those towns and those cities I think they should be under the jurisdiction of the Earth Kingdom because um, I don't think that they rightfully belong to the Fire Nation. But the people that live there um, should really be dual citizens. And really what they should be doing is taking every necessary step that they can to make sure that everybody in these areas are treated equally. That way they don't feel like they have to move and they can feel like that place is theirs. I mean... I think the mayor is a, a firebender, right? Like Fire Nation, you know, kind of that royal blood type of thing. Yeah. Um, so do you remove them as the mayor? And then how would you deal with the unrest of that? And- the problem here is that the Fire Nation colonized. So, so the Fire Nation had control. I mean, I think relinquishing that control of fire over Earth, of the people there, is more important than just splitting them up because you have people that first of all you'd be splitting up families um which i don't think anybody wants to do and i mean like you want to see a situation where everybody's happy but at the same time you know that there's scars that the fire nation has left on the earth bending people so i think it's important for the Earth Kingdom to really um, have control of this territory, but um, for equality to be at the forefront of these discussions. You know, I, I don't necessarily think it should be how do we separate these people? I think it should be more like how do we bring people together and heal these scars? Yeah. And this is what I like about, especially this trilogy of comics in particular. It has that political nuance. While The Last Airbender is great and we both love it, that wasn't the focus of the show. It wasn't like a nuanced take on politics. It was, you know, the journey of, of a boy and his friends at the most basic level. But I, I think it's really interesting that they're taking what happened in the show and like, well, here's all this fallout. It's not just a happy ending because they won the war. There's still so much to be done. Do you have predictions? I think that... Zuko is gonna go rogue 
Um, essentially, I think that he's going to become an antagonist in this story. Um, but I also think that Aang isn't going to be perfect. And if there's one thing that I don't like about Aang is his black and white perspective on separating these people right now. Maybe Aang doesn't understand certain nuances about what's going on, but then at the same time, it's really hard to tell because uh, he's the Avatar and he's been all around the world. So You know what's interesting is that is kind of similar to our Avatar Kai, but whereas Aang is the pacifist version, our Avatar Kai is not a pacifist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's like, we got to separate everyone. I think, you know, that just is... You know, good on us. <laughs> yeah. We had thought of that before you read it. Now, um, in a similar vein, um, this is not, and I repeat, this is not my recommendation for this show because I don't want this to become a complete Avatar show, even though it's going to be like <laughs> quite a bit. I just read The Rise of Kyoshi. It's the first novel that they did in the Avatar universe. And I was like, let me check this out. It's probably, you know, pretty good. It is amazing. Oh. And I don't, I'd be really interested for someone to read it who hasn't had any experience with Avatar because I thought it was a pretty good book on its own. But like, as an Avatar fan, Kiyoshi might be my favorite Avatar. It is so, so good. And I did not expect to love it as much as I did. And honestly, uh, we might talk a little bit more about our, our Avatar Kai, but I think. Avatar Kyoshi is just like what we wish we could have written for our Avatar because she's not, um, even in the show, you know that she's a little more brutal and heavy handed with her approach. Anyway, that's my uh, extra recommendation. I monologued about that for a while and that's not our topic. Well, why don't you say what the topic is? The topic is part two of avatar story development uh we've been graciously asked by no one to... no, no 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 netflix they emailed netflix. us they oh. emailed us they emailed you this time right? i'm sorry <laughs> i thought it, i thought it was something like that yeah um, they well they yeah. called they called you i think they were like hey tyler like part two come on i i, I don't answer my phone oh no they must days. have left a message yeah 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 that's why I, I don't i don't i don't listen to my voicemail either so i, I probably <laughs> just forgot about them um well yep so we developed avatar kai uh do you want to give a recap max do you, do you have a recap in your mind or um i told you that i had a bit of a fun surprise oh um and now i can finally get to it because i wrote and this is a first draft. This is a complete first draft. But I wrote the prologue and then a first scene. It's only a couple pages of a script, but I'll read it. It has a bit of a recap of what we talked about. Not the full thing, but yeah. like, let me re- let me read this first because I've been I've been really excited to share this because yeah. I <laughs> I was like, let me just let me just write this and see what happens. All right, ready? Let's so this go. is this is in script form. So I'm gonna read it with the scene direction and the. Um, I should have given you one so you could have contributed, but now it's too late. So. It's fine. Let's just, let's just listen. All right, intro. You have your typical scene with the benders, you know? Um, and I, oh, sorry, I named the brothers. So you have the scene with the benders, you know, where they're bending all the shit. Um, Jochi, voiceover, fire, air, water, earth. And it goes, um, a young Jochi, non-bender, and his twin, Ogadai, an earthbender called Ogi, Crowd around their mother giving birth, Jochi. This is all in voiceover, by the way. You know, the intro. The day the last Avatar, master of all four elements, was slain by a band of pirates, my sister, Kai, was born. Jochi holds Kai in his arms and looks down with a smile. Cut to a toddler Kai shooting sparks out of her fist and lifting pebbles. Jochi, my family was shocked and delighted to learn our little Kai was the next Avatar in the cycle. Jochi and Ogi, a little older, watch Kai play. Jochi, my brother and I swore we would watch over her and protect her. Cut to four different benders fighting with their different bending styles. Jochi, but in a world of benders fighting over every scrap of land, show the whole map of the world. It's just one continent with the pieces of the four nation all fit together. Jochi, and the continent always on the brink of ruin. What hope do we have to save Kai 
as she tries to save the world. And then you get that that music swell, and it says, for now, title is The Legend of Kai, but we can workshop that. Mm-hmm. And then here's here's how I think that it should open up. And again, this is first draft. I know it's not perfect, but <laughs> I was just having a bit of fun. Exterior, cliffs, day, a hand engulfed in flames. It grows larger. The owner is an armor-clad woman. She starts to punch, but is knocked back by a wave of water. Firebenders and waterbenders launch long-range assaults as non-benders from both sides clash in a visceral melee. The armies are two small tribes. Each fighter looks bitter. This battle is personal. A man runs flailing on fire. This ain't your granddaddy's avatar. I had I don't know why I wrote that. Screams and war cries fill the air as the waterbender's water turns red with blood. The two tribe leaders circle each other. One kicks with a flame while the other shoots up a wave to block it. Suddenly the ground shakes as a wall erupts in between the warring factions. Warriors from both sides tumble from the top, down to the ground or off the cliffside. Some are crushed by falling debris. The battle has turned into both sides fleeing in panic. Kai... 20s. A short, lean, unassuming woman's eyes dim. She was just in the Avatar state. High above the battle, she puts her straining hands down and looks below. The wall completely separates the fire and waterbenders. The armies below regroup with each other. Kai. Will that be enough? Ogi. 30s. A tall, sturdy, shirtless man with short black hair and a familial resemblance to Kai puts her hands on her puts his hand on her shoulder. Ogi, you stop the fighting. Jochi, 30s, identical to Ogi, except his hair is long and worn in a ponytail, and his chest is covered. He is also a bit more lean than Ogi, whereas Ogi is broad. He stands on the other side of Kai. Jochi, yes, for now. Kai, for now, isn't good enough. For now, for now, for now, always for now. Kai throws up her hands and walks away towards her elephant mandrill, Chana, and climbs on her back and rides away. But she turns back. Kai... We don't need for now. We need forever. And that's the opening of the show. For now. (laughs) It's the first draft. I like it. Are there trees around on the cliffside or is this like an open? I I, I was picturing this is just like a rocky cliffside. Okay, cool. cool. But I was having having fire and water benders instead of earth benders. Yeah. So it's like not really their natural place, but they're fighting over it. Makes Um, sense. And then I, I wanted to give her a cool animal companion. And I know earthbenders, they get the, they're like badger moles are like the main earthbender, but I thought it'd be cool. I was looking up animals and one of them is an elephant mandrill, basically like an elephant with a, the mandrill face, you know, the like monkey with the. Yeah, that's cool. I like the beginning. I'm trying to remember what I was thinking when it started. I feel like, I feel like there has to be some sort of like, exposition i feel like after Mm -hmm. um that scene like to set some background up you know what i mean yeah for sure i mean you the prologue i don't think is perfect i just kind of wrote it out um i was trying to base it off of less the so if you remember the last airbender prologue and the legend of Korra prologue the first episodes they have a long one um Mm -hmm. that goes in deeper then the last airbender cuts that normal one and uses it um, for every episode. So they have a long one with guitar telling everything and then they just cut parts out. The Legend of Korra one, though, they just do it the first episode and then I think they just have the uh, benders in the beginning and then they have a recap. So I was thinking for this first episode, we kind of cop, you know, the same style and it probably needs a longer explanation, but I wasn't quite sure what the world was and I wasn't going to make too many assumptions. But like that's, they'll give the exposition of the world and then my idea with the first scene is you just see like, Right away, who Kai is. She will just, like, fucking build a wall in front of these two warring factions to stop them fighting, but doesn't care about the collateral damage. And then she has her brothers. You see they're, like, the advisors. You see she's the Avatar as she gets out of the Avatar state. And you see, like, she doesn't she doesn't stick around to, like, for the aftermath. She just raises the wall, and then, like, she walks away. Yeah, that makes sense. That was kind of the idea to, like, not establish the big exposition, but just, like, who the characters are. You see... Ogida, or Ogidaya Ogi just like by his shoulder being like a bro and he's like yeah we've done good and Joji's like well for now he's I'm picturing her him more as like the voice of reason the voice of caution where he's he's the non-bender 
Ogi is the the earthbender, so he's like kind of the bigger one, the more like gusto one, and Jochi's the one kind of hangs back. But they're twins, so they still have like a lot of similarities, and that was my idea. I like it. Um, if you want to, do you want me to recap the? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Do you want re- me to recap everything? No, else go, that came go up ahead. With, go or ahead. should or do you want to? I, I don't honestly know that much. <laughs> so you just want me to recap, based, so you remember based on um, the last episode. Gosh, we um, covered so much and really nothing at all. Okay, so but um, but, but we did we did uh, <laughs> we did get the ending yeah. ending sorted out. Um, anyway, so. The recap of what we talked about last time. We have an early avatar. I threw out the number seven, but something like that, like very early. And during this time, the avatar world isn't split into four nations. It's just one continent with different tribes that kind of form around their own bending. But it's not like one massive group of firebenders. It's a bunch of smaller groups of of firebenders. Even the airbenders, they're not like their spiritual nomadic selves. There's in on this like fighting right all these benders are constantly fighting the world is very war-torn bending still pretty new so people are kind of abusing the power but the strength of bending isn't that strong and then you have avatar kai and she is like it's my duty to bring balance and peace to the world but she does it kind of with an iron fist she will enforce peace through violence is like her big character flaw and we wanted to kind of push her deeper and deeper into that flaw instead of higher and higher away from the flaw was kind of the idea of the show this is the fall of avatar kai the end of the show doesn't see her dead so we can presume maybe we're just going to her lowest point and maybe she'll get better after that, when she realized the destru- destruction she's caused, but the journey of the show was her kind of visiting spirits. She's mastered the four elements. She can use the avatar state, but she wants to like speak with spirits and figure that journey out. And on the way, she sees more war and she'll stop the war. And she does it through more brutal and brutal means um, until she decides that she just has to separate the different benders. And she wants to do that physically. And then at the end, her brothers are able to kind of talk her down I don't think we 100% decided on what this, like, snap was, but something something bad happens where that, like, talk down finally snaps. She goes in the Avatar state. I would even assume she goes in the Avatar state and doesn't really have control at this point. Rips the world. Like, this is the most powerful Avatar state that's ever happened so far, and she rips the continents apart. And I think inadvertently kills either one or both of her brothers. I was thinking maybe it'd be more interesting that she, like, severely injures one, like, breaks one of their legs or or if you have the earthbender like you break his uh his spine and like he can't earthbend anymore something like that but you know like causes destruction to the only people who she like truly cares for and that's her like lowest darkest point where she realized i shouldn't have done this that was our idea of the show i'm saying it's kind of depressing but whatever (laughs) that's what we set out to do so that's the recap and then uh but like i said there are a lot of gaps in there yeah, for the end of the first episode, after that fighting scene, I guess you really just have to establish, like, where is she going? Like, what is she doing? Like, what's her purpose in life? Yeah, in that I think, moment? well, I think we can use that first episode as she doesn't know either. You know, this is this first episode is kind of establishing, okay, what do I need to do? She's just like constantly putting band aids on wounds. That's why she's going around trying to stop fighting, but she's like, I need to work bigger, you know? Okay. And, and she has these two advisors of her brothers that will like help her guide her and maybe they they get to like you know the spirits are are all knowing and they might be able to give us some guidance so we should go to we should travel to different spiritual spots to talk about to talk to these like great proto bending spirits or like the early really early wise spirits yeah that makes sense or even like there could still be spirits and the a lot more spirits in the mortal world so maybe they have to go to spots where they are physically still there. Because there are still spirits who have a physical spot as opposed to just being in the spirit world. So something like, something like that where they they decide they need to travel the world as well as just like see every part of the world and, and get a better understanding of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And that could lead us to integral scenes where it's like it's forced the choice on the Avatar. You know, what side is she playing out? And how does she react to the, this fighting of, of these people as we, like, push her and push her harder and harder towards her total downfall? I like to think her as almost, like, has this flirty charisma with people. She's kind of manipulative, almost. 
Or do you think she's more just like brute force? Well, I think that she's smart. I don't think that she's a brute. I just think that she just genuinely doesn't really care that much about people getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. I kind of like the idea that she's a very powerful bender, but she's also able to kind of like scheme a bit. Yeah, well, I think that she should be smart and she should have a plan um, of action. I definitely don't think it's like going to be a giant episode of Avatar Terminator where she's just fucking everything up. <laughs> I don't I don't really envision it going that way. Yeah, no, for sure. It's I think the moments of bending are specifically like points where we're putting pressure on her and sometimes she'll make a decision that actually does lead to more peace i think it's important to have that balance of we just tip the scale slightly where it's like she's causing more distress and violence basically whenever she chooses outright separation as like in a broad sense that usually leads to things getting worse but i think sometimes she can choose things that are like less separative and they may still have consequences and she may view these consequences as like see i should have went with the total separation option because she just sees the consequences she wouldn't see the consequences of like the separation you know and like keep pushing that keep pushing it pushing it pushing this character flaw until it hits its final mark yeah no i agree with that this is this is just like our avatar episode you know so we could talk different avatar things too I need to, like, nail down my expectations of her. Because I really don't know what they are. As far as who she is? Yeah, like... As a person? The the specific details, like, how she interacts with different people. How does she respond to somebody who's acting aggressively? How does she respond to somebody who just said something really rude to her? How does she respond to somebody who just said something really nice to her? Like... All, all of that is a lot to try to think about. And I feel yeah. like if I made a decision like in this immediate moment, it might just be wrong for the character we're trying to develop. Well, uh, the way I wrote the scene, at least, it kind of makes her seem impatient. The two other very important characters are Oki and Jochi, where I feel like Jochi, Joy, you know, the joyous one, Jochi, Ogi, the more like grounded earthbender you know, neutral gin type. I think they are very important to her personality just because they influence her decisions. And they, while twins, kind of have opposing views that pull her in the, the two directions. I like that. I do like that. But I think that, yeah, I think that both the twins should still be a little bit more level-headed than her because at no, the same yeah, time, they're, they're not going the world apart. Yeah, they're, no, they're the older brothers. They're not like opposite ends of the spectrum but they're just like pulling they're behind her but a little diagonal and they're pulling back and left and right you know and that keeps her center but then once uh kai starts to pull her own way that just like tears everything apart in the same way she's tearing the world apart metaphors are so fun yeah <laughs> but i like like ochi was her earth bending teacher and jochi's job was to find teachers for the other four elements or the other three elements because he was this non-bender, but he's very, I like to picture him like he's that diplomat and he's, he's a good strategist and he, he has the brain of the operation. And, uh, but like, but Ogi is like this very friendly guy. People like him immediately. While like Jochi knows how to navigate things politically, Ogi is this, this one that you can use just like, he's an immediate friend to everyone. Everyone likes him. And that gives them as twins, like both this kind, like, Jochi can get you a dinner with someone and Ogi will get you the deal at that dinner, basically. As like a metaphorical, it doesn't have to be exactly that, but metaphorical, that's yeah. kind of what's picturing their personalities. Oh, I like that. I agree with that. That's really cool. I like that. If you remember, um, and I like this because we get to talk about just Avatar the show. It's <laughs> part of the reason why I'm bringing it up. But if you remember the uh, two people who captured Toph, there was the... Um, guy who ran the earthbending gambling fighting pit and then the guy working for the Beifong family. I can't remember their names at the top of my head. I feel so terrible that I don't know everything about Avatar. <laughs> um, but you had that guy who was like that regal diplomat. He always like had his hands in his sleeves together, you know, and then you had like that big earthbender guy always with his shirt off. 
I was picturing kind of that pairing, but like the flip side of them, like the good side, not the guys like working hard to capture a child for money. Well, this is kind of separate, but I feel like there has to be like a more adult aspect to the show in the sense that like... You want them to fuck. Not like that, but like what you said about Kiyoshi. Yeah. That got me thinking. Kiyoshi fucks. Well, not just like that, but like that (laughs) got me thinking like about the realism of like the brutality of bending and, and how that should be a similarity between what we're doing and what you saw in that book. Yeah, it's the next step up where you have the last airbender is very much like G-rated. And then I think Korra goes PG, almost PG-13. There is like, I don't think you've seen it, but in the third season, like someone is straight up murdered with airbending. The, the screen like pans up and you don't see it, but like, yeah, you know. Whereas, like, in The Last Airbender, Jet dies, but they're very, like, very vague about it. Korra is, like, more direct. And then Kyoshi is the next up, but where it's, like, describing the rocks going through someone and the blood coming out. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, and then this could be our next up, but where it's fucking, it's just Game of Thrones, but it's uh, Avatar. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got... That's why I opened the scene, guy running on fires, like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Um, like that. But I don't want to, I don't want to just like revel in, in brutality. I don't think oh, yeah. that shouldn't be the focus of the show is that, look, it's Avatar, but we've got blood. I think that's just like an, a- that's just an aspect of it. We don't have to make it the goriest show ever, but it shouldn't just, be that. I don't like gory stuff. Yeah, but show, <laughs> but it like shows consequences of war and violence. And I think that is why we want to have that. When you choose violence, it doesn't, it's not a clean thing. You hurt people. And I think showing that on screen, one, I mean, it, it looks awesome. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> a guy running on fire, like just imagine getting a stunt man or stunt woman to do that. would be sick. Yeah. But two, it shows that vi- what like violence actually is and it hurts people. Yeah. And we need to have characters that either die or get hurt. I don't think we just need these, these three characters be the name characters. There should be other characters who's... Soul purpose isn't just to die. That should never be a character's like, oh, we've made you, we're making you like this character just because we want to kill him and hurt you. No, they should be a character. They should have their own influence. And when it's right for the story, they should be allowed to die to like show again this. I think this uh, mini series is kind of the consequences about violence and um, having that very impatient way of thinking that you need to solve this and that basically i think the overall moral is that you really can't have peace through violence which is a heady moral to have yeah and i'm proud of us for you know doing something like that definitely i'm always tooting my own horns because no one else is gonna toot it i'll tell you that much (laughs) (laughs) yeah no great i i'm i'm excited for the future of it which i think is it helps or like it fits in because the last airbender his whole thing was like i'm gonna choose peace over violence i'm gonna choose peace to create peace where he takes away the fire lord's bending and he has like a peaceful like he's able to do it without killing and that kind of brings us full circle from this very early avatar that he finally figures out a way towards peace. Yeah. I, I like that too. It's a, it's a good contrast to have as a setup. Um, if I can stray from the legend of Kai and talk a little bit about avatar, that deus ex machina of he just like able to take away bending is probably my least favorite part of the show. Cause he's just like, I don't want to kill the fire Lord. And then a turtle's like, you don't have to here. Now you can take away bending. And he's like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so working within what the show has my one minor little tweak. And you can tell me what you think is that there should be some sort of consequence for, or some sort of like something you have to pay and has to pay in order to choose this nonviolent method. Because usually if you're going to choose nonviolence, there's a cost associated with it. So I think in order to take away the Fire Lord's bending, 
Aang should have lost his bending too. That would have been so disappointing though for the whole uh, fan base of Avatar. I know. So upset. I understand why they wouldn't do that, but I think it shows that there's a there was a cost associated with it, and it was worth the cost for Aang to stick with his morals. He's still the Avatar. He can. He's still like a person. He can still lead him, but he's sacrificing, or even just like one of the elements. You know. I feel like I feel like he would have to sacrifice his firebending. But that's not much of a sacrifice for him. Imagine if he had to take away his airbending. That's. That's true. I guess you could spin that because you could be like, well, if you're taking away someone's native element, like you have to give up your native element. I don't know. What are your th- what I mean, what are your thoughts on that? That's just me because I think he should have just killed him. <laughs> I'm not like I was just talking that, about how it, like I'm not that diplomatic. He was a I think even the first chapter of this new book is just reinforcing my opinion. I don't know. I don't know. If, I feel like that's Aang's whole vibe is that he's a vegetarian. He's a pacifist. He's peaceful. He's keeping with his, his own morals. Like, would it be right for him just to straight murder a guy? Should the Avatar really have the power of May, execution? Maybe. I think that. So, huh. That's a good. Okay. So how about this? So he kills him. But I guess like the sort of Avatar cop out, like I didn't really kill him is that. The Avatar is separating his soul from his body and sending his soul to the spirit world. So, like, Aang killed him, but he exists as, like, a spirit of evil, but he can't access the world. I don't know. Again, that's still, like... I feel like it's very similar. The the problem is, is it's, like, they didn't really come up with a solution within what was already there. Like, that final four-part finale... They're just like, oh shit, we don't want Aang to kill him. Um, Lion Turtle. They're like, here's a great spirit to give you the power you need. The show's really good, and that's not like a huge fault of it because you still have the Zuka Azula fight, which is the actual fight that is that you care about. The other one is just like they have to have Aang and Ozai fight because that's the end of the show, and that's really not what people like about the show. I don't think is that it's it was more about the journey to that point. But I just wish they could have come up with something a little bit more that was already like seeded in the show instead of just being like here you go you you have energy bending now use that the only the only like drama with it was like if your soul isn't as good as his soul then he'll take over you but we've only we only saw him do it once so there was really no like i don't know that's my that's my major complaint about the show i hope uh netflix might Try something a little different. Yeah, not having him fucking mark this guy. I don't think Aang should ever kill anyone. I I'd be I'd be fine with Aang killing him. You'd be like, yeah, this fucking badass Aang just, just stabbed him in the throat. No, I just think it's <laughs> in the best interest of the people of the show that live in that live in that world. I think it's uh, I think it's a better world without him. Dude is thirteen. I don't think you should be putting that on. He's him. 113. Okay, but and he's it's not. his job. <laughs> it's but he's not. I don't and know. And it's his job. Well, he managed to do it without killing him, which we can all respect. I I don't think he did. Judge judging by the comic, I think he kind of failed. Well, it's he's still alive. So. If if the comic is a continuation, then taking away his bending wasn't the right call. Well, yet you don't know. I have information. I can't like, say what happens. <laughs> well, you also have seen Legend of Korra, so you do know what happens in the future. So part of it, I don't. Not that I remember all that much of it. Um, yeah. I we should tell a fun story about Avatar. Remember the day of Black Sun? I thought oh, I was so happy for the day of Black Sun. Listen, and I did. I thought it was going to be over on the day of Black Sun. Listen, that Tyler was crazy. and I were like, what? 11, Four, like 12? Like fourth grade, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. We called each other up on the phone during commercial breaks for the, the Day of Black Sun <laughs> to like discuss what happened. I remember distinctly, this is where Appa gets armor, and I was like, Tyler, Appa has armor, and he's like, I know! <laughs> this is the most adorable thing I've ever done. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I remember every commercial break, we literally called each other and was like, oh my God, did you see what happened? And we were like, yeah, we saw what happened. <laughs> 
Why didn't we just watch it together? I don't understand. I, I don't I don't know. I really don't. That know. would have been so fun. Yeah. <laughs> we were calling each other up on the phone. I don't we didn't do that for the finale. Like the rest of the the rest of the season we didn't do that, but Oh I yeah, remember, that's true. I remember yeah. that that like midpoint of season three, I think it was. That was great. I liked that so much. Or was it the beginning? Was it in season two? It was the end no, of it was the... definitely in season three, right? It was the end of one of the seasons. It was the season finale. No, 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 no. No, the season... No, it was in season three because the season finale of two was the fall of Ba Sing Se. So it was the season finale of three. No, 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 because three was the last season. And the season finale was... Oh, well, uh, I thought it was going to be the season yeah. finale. That's the thing. They At the time, I distinctly remember this. At the time, they totally advertised it like this was the end game, And they totally knew it wasn't. Well, that, I, I was a little bit upset when like it was inconclusive, but then I was happy because there was more. But also, the um, the characters thought like, "Oh, we're gonna win. We've got this surprise eclipse." So it was kind of fun, like thinking it was gonna end. You know? Yeah, it was fun thinking like, "Holy, holy crap!" Like, and then they failed. They, they got like the the right strategy for this. And then you see them start to fail, and you're like, "Wait, what? I thought I thought they were gonna win. Like, they told me they were gonna win." Yeah, and they're exactly. like, "No, no." We tease Sozin's Comet, you're going to see Sozin's Comet. You're going to see a man standing on the edge of a blimp and breathe fire out of his mouth and shoot it out of his hands, burning the whole countryside. Yeah. What was his plan there? Like, did he just want everyone but firebenders to die? I don't think he even cared. I think he just wanted to show the world his power. I think the only thing he was thinking on his head was about a picture of him over the world doing that. Yeah, so overall, my, my favorite thing about Avatar, the, the core of why I love Avatar is really um, the, the adventure. Like, I, I'm a sucker for a great adventure. So we got to get Kai to have a good adventure if we ever write this a- a- Absolutely. <laughs> I would consider it a great failure if the story couldn't be classified as an adventure. So is that why Korra didn't really hit you as much? Yeah. Yeah, because like it's like Korra was like it's it's a lot of happenings, but like I like a journey, mm. an adventure. You know, so, so that's like the big thing for me about Avatar and like that's why Korra never hit hit me. I think you'll like Kyoshi. I think you'll like it a lot. Awesome. That's I, awesome. I think everyone, anyone who likes Avatar will like it and I think even people who like aren't as familiar with Avatar, might still like it. It was, it was good. Wow. It was so good. I really, really enjoyed it. I cannot recommend it enough, even though it's not my recommendation for this week, because if I recommended a book, we wouldn't podcast again for like a year for time <laughs> to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, just just one more thing. That one just, like, more hit, thing. That just hit me. It's, it's crazy because I was like, wait a second. Novel and, and podcast, like... The reading and the speech just go hand in hand. So I wonder if it would be an interesting project if for a podcast down the road, we converted um, a quote unquote episode of our theoretical fanfic into like a chapter that could just be read as um like an audiobook over oh, a so podcast. So you want to you want to do a fanfic audiobook. Okay. Not necessarily. <laughs> no, we're doing it guys. It's locked down 100%. No, it's <laughs> not. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not. I would we're say We're releasing an unofficial audiobook. We're going to get sued by Nickelodeon. That's just what's happening. We are not. We are not. We are not. We are not. We uh, the the we are we're flirting with ideas. We're, we're not. We're not doing anything. Nope. We are. We're married. We just proposed. No. The idea nope, said yes. Nope. We're free. The wedding is scheduled. Free as a bird. All right. Let's 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 jump into recommendations. Right. We're, we're gonna just get sucked into more so, Avatar. So so this recommendation doesn't have anything to do with Avatar, but. My recommendation for you is to listen to our first episode. Oh, man. <laughs> and then maybe you'll finally let me release it. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that, that's, the, that's, the that's the whole thing. Okay, yes, I will do that. That, that is a great recommendation. I will certainly do and that. And we're going we're gonna to we're gonna talk about and review our first episode <laughs> during next episode. There we go. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm down for that. I can, that's an achievable recommendation i liked that yeah listen to it while doing some pull-ups or something i don't know and i don't need to uh stall because i know your recommendation 
Um, there, there's this Netflix documentary. Um, not documentary. I'm an, I'm an idiot. It's a drama. I'm sorry about that. There's this Netflix drama that's um one of those one season um Netflix series, which Avatar Kai would be. Yeah, which Avatar Kai <laughs> would be, and um, it's basically about this girl who is an orphan and um a drug addict and also the best chess player in the entire world. Um, I thought it was a good show. I didn't actually watch every single episode because the problem that I'm having with it is I feel like it's too slow. Like I feel like it has too many of those like sceny moments rather than like moving things forward. But I wanted to get a second opinion on that. Um, it, it sounds like watching a game of chess. <laughs> it's not though. That's the thing. Like slow. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no. It like metaphorically, it totally makes sense. But then, like as an actual chess player, there isn't really any chess in it besides her like moving a piece and like winning the game against like twenty people at, at once at some point or something like that. Like I'm just like. I'm trying to like decide if I like it, and I really want a second opinion. Okay, so you want me to watch the the first episode? First episode? Yeah. What's yeah. it called? Um, the Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit, everyone. If anyone out there is following along with the recommendations, uh, gold star, two gold stars to yep. you. Yep. <laughs> um, that was kind of the idea. I never. <laughs> I don't think we ever <laughs> said it, but yeah, <laughs> our recommendations aren't just to each other. Also, to everyone out there, if you want to do it, pick and choose. Listen to our first episode if you haven't already. If you have, listen to it again. Give us that money, even though I don't think we'll ever monetize this at all. And anyway, um, now I'm just spinning my wheels. Thank you so much for listening. We have an email uh, now that I've set up. It's two guys sitting in a closet at gmail.com. So if you want to email in, uh, definitely do that. I We can, we have. Uh, the small enough audience that we could respond to each and every one of you <laughs> if you wanted. And by that, I mean, we have zero audience again, have not released. It's Halloween. We started these in July or something. So, um, it's like a show, you know, it takes a while. Anyway, I'm stalling because I just love being in this closet, but we were two guys sitting in a closet. Now it's time to get out. Goodbye. We love you. What are you playing with right now? I, I'm playing with a piece of plastic. You realize that everything you do makes noise. Does it? You could hear that? I can hear, yeah. Oh. I'm sure the mic can too. Okay, all right, cut that part out then. Never! You can't <laughs> tell me what to do. I mean, it's up to you anyway.